Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Certainty Talks. On this show, we talk about the system that we use to get clarity on our goals, certainty on how we'll reach them, and wealthy on our turns by rigging the game in our favor. And we share it here because we want you to reach your goals on your terms. You've been told to scale, buy all these products from every each way, often from good-meaning people. So it's not your fault when you look around and you ask yourself, why am I not where I want to be in my business? And as our mentor and business partner, Dan Nicholson, says, the biggest risk is that we don't get what we want out of life. Got my good friend, business partner in the Whale Club here, Mr. Paul Sparks himself. Not only a successful real estate investor, but also a certified certainty advisor. And guys, if you get value out of the show, please hit the subscribe button right now. That way we can help more people become wealthy on their terms. Title for today's show, Three Ways to Increase Relationship Capital. But before we get into that, Paul, what's your six-word update? Six-word update today is when opportunity knocks, will I notice? Um, and I think what I've come to realize is that there's there's like three, four, five, maybe like a handful of moments throughout a year where you could never have predicted those, you know, these things that kind of come together to create luck or good fortune. And, um, you know, they don't happen that frequently. They're, they're very random throughout the year. And the real question that I'm asking myself is, am I going to be in a position of receivership? Will I even notice when this opportunity knocks and presents itself? I think a lot of us might like to think that, yeah, of course, if an amazing opportunity presented itself, would I be there to notice? But, you know, the, the, hard, the, the thing that I think I noticed was a lot of times I have my head down and so focused on what I think it has to be that when opportunity presents itself, I don't even notice it. So I'm trying to be more uh, receptive to opportunity because, again, it's infrequent, but it, it comes and it presents itself multiple times throughout the year. And as we like to say, there's a reason why some people seem to just get lucky over and over and over. And mm -hmm. I think it's because when opportunity knocks, they notice. Right. And I think, you know, talk about those four or five moments. So I got a nice message yesterday on Facebook. I was like, Hey, I got $2 million to work with. Let's do something. Yeah. <laughs> Let's definitely do something. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's just, you don't get it because you ask for it right then and there. It's just, you keep doing what you're doing. You let everyone know what you do. And then these opportunities show up, but when they do, will you be ready for it? Right. Yep. Uh, my six word update. And you saw this already on Facebook. Stubborn on vision, sketchy on details. Um, and this goes back to clarity on what I want, certainty that I have the tools to get there, but uncertain on exactly what it's going to look like when we get there or how, how we got there. Um, yeah. And it was just so happens that I was at uh, Matthew Potter's office, for those that listen. right? He's the host of Par and the Disruption. Uh, he and I are working together on what Paul and I talked about about a month ago. Hey, I'm thinking about firing up the realtor team again. Should I do this? Right. That was the first micro step. Next micro step was just kind of like modeling all the different potential outcomes and what the uh, make sure that we're very clear on what compensation looks like, depending on how things go. Because just in my experience in, in working with salespeople, when we talk about here's what you're going to get, here's what I'm going to get. Salespeople tend to remember things incorrectly and in the way that always benefits them the most. And so it's like, look, let's just do this because I know in the past I got my hand burnt for this. We're going to do this right now. 
and then we'll figure out the other things later on. And so we got two different micro steps out of that meeting. But what do we have? Micro steps. We don't have, here's exactly what it's going to look like. Yeah. Here are the two micro steps and I actually have another person here that's going to be involved in it as well. And I literally sent her this message that said, I apologize if we're moving too slow. If it seems like I'm too meticulous, just I've gone, the text, the words were balls to the wall my entire career and it does not work out generally when I work in that direction. So we're just, we just move a little more cautiously now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's such a great case in point because it takes us a while to re- reprogram our brains towards that. We've been sold on massive action, you know, at the beginning before we really know that we're headed in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, that was a great case in point. And I think that's what certainty gets. Um, it gets a little bit confused that we get certainty on exactly how it needs to look, mm-hmm. but that's not the, just, that's not how reality works. You can, you can be exactly certain on all the 10 steps you need to take to build this realtor team. And then one thing goes wrong and it's all not valid anymore. And all right. the things that you're building need to change. And so we're just big, big fans of having certainty that you have the right tools to navigate the terrain. Uh, we had Leon Barnes on our, on his first will call yeah. yesterday and he was chiming in. He, he brought up, we're, we're you, you, me and Leon, we're all basketball guys. And so he had a basketball analogy. I was like, Oh, that's so good. Right. It's, it's like, you got to read what the defense gives you. If you go in and you say, I'm going to do this move and then this move, and I'm going to finish with my right hand. <laughs> I mean, what happens when the defense takes that, that away? You have to read and take what they give you, and you don't go into it with this highly specific plan. We're going to do this, then this, then this, then this. You read the defense. You, pra- you practice your bag of skills, right, and tricks, and you go out and you just use them and adjust on the fly. Right. You got, you got to be like Luca and James Harden. You have all these different tools. And you take what the defense gives you. That's right. So that's great, man. Love that one. All right. So what's the problem? Well, again, let's just recap. The title of today's show is three ways to increase your relationship capital. I think by now, most people know that we're heavy relationship guys and we didn't always run our business that way. No. And the problem here is that everyone out there is telling us that more deals are better. Not saying that's always uh, incorrect. I'm just advocating like that is not true necessarily, that more deals are better. Yeah. Well, I think it's a problem that builds upon itself. Because when you first watch a YouTube video, right, you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and then you end up on like bigger pockets, you end up on real estate disruptors. And the question you generally ask yourself first is, how do I do my first deal? After you do your first deal, how do I do my second deal? How do I do my third deal? The questions you ask yourself leads you to an answer of how do I do more deals? Yes. Right. How do I do my first deal leads to how do I do my second deal leads to how do I do my third deal to how do I do a deal a month? How do I do two deals a month? It's just because you're asking a linear set of questions. Exactly. That's really well said. And you come in and then it's, yeah, it's about getting from one deal to two deals, two deals to three deals, three deals to five deals, five deals to 10 deals. Yeah. And I think the problem is there's so many products out there designed mm-hmm. for that, you know, how to scale your business, 
how to do, you know, double your deal volume or, um, you know, as a service or a software, this, this, you know, uh, list generating tool or a new version of prop stream or whatever. And it's all designed to help us scale and grow a business. And I think what we're trying to say is scale doesn't always mean more deals. Right. And I think the problem that I noticed is that after you've been in the business, because you're right, we, we already did a show a few weeks ago about getting your first couple deals done and going full-time into real estate. But after you've been in the business for two, three, four, five, seven years, you have all the right ingredients at your disposal to pretty much go after whatever you want. Yeah. The question is, are you able to recognize opportunity when it knocks, right? Do you really want to go from five deals a month to 10 deals a month? Do you really want that? Or do you want the result of that? Do you want the, is it the profitability? Is it the fulfillment? Like, what is it that you want? And I think you and I are big proponents that at a certain point, trying to scale more and more deals is, is there's like diminishing return there. Yeah. Well, we know, we know profitability goes down as you scale, Yeah. right? Profitability doesn't increase as you scale. It goes down as you scale. Um, and then, you know, and I've, I think I've shared this before on the show, but like, you know, I had a conversation with my wife, I want to say, you know, maybe a couple months ago and she's like, you know, what is the difference between your mindset now and your mindset before? I was like, well, the question I was asking myself a year and a half ago was how do I increase revenue? How do I increase revenue? This is like, how do I go from three deals to five deals, five deals to 10 deals? How do I get more revenue, right? Which is not a bad question. We're just suggesting that there's a better question. And the better question is, how do I increase profits without adding way more risk, right? How do I do it with maybe a little bit more risk, but not as risky as just growing revenue without asking any questions about risk? Yeah. Really well said. And we get this tunnel vision again, because I think it's like our little, you know, lizard brains think that more deals are better. And of course, all the info product, info marketers are out there mm. are just happy to sell that to you. Yeah. Because you're, it's a, you're just an easy target. I was, you know, I was too. I bought all of the things in, in um, trying to grow and scale my business, but I had only looked at it in one way. Scaling means more deals and, um, so let's talk about the, like the difference between, let's say a deal generated through direct to seller marketing, where you've got a lead manager and you've got acquisitions managers, and you've got all these systems and CRMs and multiple marketing channels. And then you convert that deal. Mm-hmm. Well, what is more profitable? You make, you, you know, let's say you make a $20,000 wholesale fee on that. Well, you've got to pay the lead manager and the acquisitions print manager and the dispo and all the marketing and stuff like this. And so if you're operating at a, let's say, a 25% profit margin mm-hmm. on that business, you're only making five Gs on that. Yeah. And what we're saying is how, how does that compare to your, your, your referrals or the, the person that you know in the industry, that realtor agent that mm-hmm. calls you up and says, hey, I got a deal. You know, and they're bringing that directly to your doorstep. And right. you didn't have to market and do all this stuff. They just knew who you were. They bring those relationships. I think everyone who operates in the direct-to-seller space will tell you that referrals and 
relationship deals are by far their most profitable deals. Yeah. So revenue is larger. Expenses are lower. So larger yes. profit. Prospect. Pre-sold on you. Right. There's not this massive stranger danger. Who the hell are you? How, how do you get my info? Yeah. Right. So it's a, it's a smoother. There's, there's more built-in trust before you even show up. And because yeah. there's built-in trust, it's just an easier transaction overall. So yeah. more profit and easier. What was it? What does Joe Polish call, call it? As long as it's easy, lucrative, and fun. So that's easy. That's lucrative. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Is it fun? I like to think so. But maybe we don't call it the F. Right. But it's definitely easier and more lucrative. Yeah. So easier, more lucrative, and so. I we have this orientation, right? That we talk about, we say le uh, least amount of risk, least amount of effort, most amount of options. Mm -hmm. Let's just break that down for just a second. So when you shell out 10,000, 15,000, 20,000, I was out $40,000 a month. I think you're at like a hundred K a month, right? Maybe More. across all your businesses, but yeah. point, point being, um, if that doesn't work and we don't produce the risk is we lose a lot of money. Mm -hmm. What's the risk in one of your relationships not bringing you a deal? Zero. Cost of lunch. That's zero. Cost of lunch. You know, you spend time building a relationship. They don't bring you a deal. How does that risk compare to when you send all these, you know, soldiers out, the marketing soldiers, right, mm -hmm. to go get the deals, and they're unsuccessful? Well, we just took on a lot of risk to mm -hmm. do that. And we put forth a lot of effort. I think everyone who runs a direct to seller business will also tell you it's a lot of effort to maintain, manage all of these people. You got to go through Steve sales, uh, sales training program to learn how to actually convert these deals. Right. You know, there's you a lot of effort. You can hold them accountable to attending the calls. You got to hold them accountable to putting those in CRM. You can hold them accountable to uploading, uh, the, the photos and the videos. Uh, you got to hold them accountable to showing up to uh, morning huddles. A lot of effort. It is. It's a lot of effort. It's a lot of risk. And I think what we're saying is there's a, there's a certain level, I think, where the benefit of continuing to pour into the marketing starts to taper off. And this is where you should start um, consider transitioning some of your business into focusing on what we like to call relationship capital. Because this is an extremely valuable currency in real estate. Mm -hmm. It's our opinion that this business is all about relationships, period. Certainly, you can come in and outspend people. Certainly, you can come in and, and build a better mousetrap you know, than mm -hmm. the next wholesaler or flipper or whatever in your market. That's doable, and that is a path that a lot of people have taken. Right. What I'm saying is people do business with people they like at a certain point. Mm -hmm. And if you're not building your relationship capital in your market and in the country, frankly, you're probably missing out on opportunities that uh, it's like your head's down. Again, this is my six word update today is when opportunity knocks, will I notice most of the time opportunities come through networking and relationships. That's, that's my experience. Yeah. And I think just again, before we go into this a little bit deeper, right? It just goes back to the barbell. We're not saying don't do deals. We're saying get that side of the business reliable so you can focus on the upside part of the barbell. And that's what we're yeah. talking about today.
I, yeah, I think I'm speaking directly to me. If you're someone that's been in the business for two, three, four, five, six, seven years, we're mm -hmm. talking to you. Right. Right. This is all about how to build your relationship capital because you have the resources. You have the observability. People have seen you in the market. They know you do deals. Now it's just about how do we amplify that so we get more profitable, reliable, and fulfilling opportunities that come our way. Right. All right. So. Again, title of today is three ways to increase your relationship capital. And again, relationship capital, I, I think we're, I, th I think that's a fairly intuitive term. It just means the value of your relationships. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like how much capital do you have is a money way. How much relationship capital you have is, um, you know, the, the value of your relationships. So that's what we're trying to increase. So number one, Steve, first way to uh, increase your relationship capital. <laughs> and this is a, a something to stop doing if you're out there. Um, stop asking, how do I add value to your business? Stop asking, can I pick your brain? Because uh, what you've done is you've created work for the other person. Mm -hmm. And when you say, how can I add value, value to you? So the first thing is be more valuable. Right? You want to increase your relationship capital, increase your own value, increase your own skills. I'm, I'm borrowing from Mr. Jim Rohn here. Yeah. Right? You've got to become more valuable to the marketplace. You've got to recognize what value means. And I think what I'm suggesting is if you want to network with other people, the best way to do this is not to go up and say, how can I add value to you? It's to watch, it's to listen, observe, and sharpen your own skills and learn ways to add value to people. What's your yeah. thoughts on that? I hate the question of how can I add value to you? I hate yeah. it. And I get asked of it and I try to be nice about it, you know, but it sounds so lazy to me. Um, so what we've taught people to do is figure out what they've got going on, right? Hey, Paul's a developer. Paul likes to build these townhouse projects. Okay, maybe if I'm aware of some townhouse projects, or you know, if you're a newer wholesaler and you're trying to connect with other investors, hey, I've got a deal that you might be interested in. Maybe more specifically, right? Um, say someone's in Airbnbs. Hey, I've got a property that I think is a great Airbnb because it's got some intangibles. Can we do this deal together? Right? That's adding value. But, um, you know, hey, another, another thing is a little bit better uh, is, hey, Paul, do you have a bunch of dead leads I can call for you? Right? That's adding value. That's great. Yeah, right? so good. But, hey, Paul, how can I add value to you? Like... Mm. So you've done zero research on what I'm interested in or working on. That's not being very valuable, is it? Right. <laughs> no. And I think that it's lazy. You, you said that already. It's just lazy. Uh, that's not how top performers uh, 
engage with other top performers. Yeah. That's how B and C players engage. If right. you're asking that question, just stop right now, yeah. you know, and recognize that becoming more valuable has a lot to do with, again, watching, listening, observing, and developing your skills in concert with that. Mm -hmm. you, you have to become more valuable right. and develop the skills. If you don't have the skills, you don't know what adds value to this person that you're trying to you know, build a relationship with, then, then keep the loop open and keep watching and observing. Yeah, don't ask for their time until you learn more about them. Um, I want to go back to kind of pick your brain question because I don't think it's such a terrible question necessarily. Uh, and maybe I'm just trying to be kinder to my younger self because I used to ask that question all the time, right? Like a lot of the uh, success I've had is picking the brains of people that are very, very successful. As a matter of fact, our Real Estate Disruptors podcast is just a lengthier version of when I used to pick people's brains over lunch, right? So I don't think that question is, in, is inherently terrible. I just want to make sure everyone understands that most people are going to, most successful people are going to say no, right? And so that's what we're saying. Do a little bit more work to figure out how you can add value. Um, and the reason why is most top producers, high performers generally are working on important things. Mm -hmm. And if they're working on important things for them to take time away from whatever they're focusing on, if they're making a million dollars a year, right? I'm just saying some crazy number here I'm not saying everyone's making a million dollars a year, but if they're making a million dollars a year, that means their, their, their time is worth is that 500 bucks an hour, right? Uh, if they're, if they're, worth 500 bucks an hour to take time out of their schedule, have lunch and you pick up lunch for like 20 bucks. It costs them $500 to go to that lunch. So just understand when you're talking to a high performer, can I pick your brain? You're asking them to give you money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I don't think it's malicious, you know, we, it, it, to me, it, um, and I don't mind, I, this might come across as harsh, but it's selfish. Can mm -hmm. I pick your brain? You're mm -hmm. leading with, I want this thing. I want something from you. Mm -hmm. And that's, in my opinion, not the right way to lead. It's not the best uh, positioning. It's not the best positioning. And there's a guy that you and I have been to his office several times in Phoenix. His name's Joe Polish. Mm-hmm. He just wrote a book, fantastic book, uh, that I read recently called What's In It For Them. Mm -hmm. And you've got to lead with what's in it for them. You've got to be valuable first. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know what that value is, that's okay. You're not always – and I, I guess what I would say is don't discount the value that you can bring. But Absolutely. don't lead with what can I do to be valuable to you because mm -hmm. it's lazy. Joe Polish has written a book. Joe Polish has multiple podcasts that he does. And you could binge all his content. You can find ways if you take the time to be mm -hmm. more valuable. Same thing with you. Same thing with me. Same thing with anybody that wants to get into, let's say, bigger deals. You want to get into development. You want to get into multifamily. Don't start leading with hey can i have can i have 15 minutes of your time can i pick yeah. your brain how can i add value to your business it means you got to come in 
and you've got a you're a freshman again. You've got to watch, observe, listen, find ways to be more valuable, and take a page out of Jim Rohn's book. Go make yourself more valuable. Go acquire more skills. Go labor. Put in the labor and the time and the energy to become more valuable to the people you want uh, more relationships with. Absolutely. Great. So that was number one. And I'll just sum up number one is be valuable. You want to increase your relationship <laughs> capital? Be someone of value. And that's, like I said, a combination of developing your skills and understanding what, what the market finds valuable. Number two, be a connector. Connection, we're going to talk about here for the next, I don't know, 10 minutes or so, is summed up by a guy named Larry Yatch as a little equation. And I freaking love this. I think about it all the time. He says, uh, and, and why don't you tell, who, who is Larry Yatch for those who may not be familiar with him? Larry Yatch, someone I had the great fortune of having him mentor me for a better part of a year, uh, mentoring myself and my entire uh, organization. Uh, he is a former Navy SEAL. Um, what he is most famous for was being the top Navy SEAL on the ground when we invaded Iraq. And Saddam Hussein said, if you come into Iraq, I will burn all the oil rigs. And he and a handful, like a handful of Navy SEALs, secured three oil rigs, of which each oil rig was multiple football fields. Wow. Right? They secured three oil rigs. So the top Navy SEAL on the ground. So he was second in command. There was one guy above him. He was the top guy on the ground. Pretty well accomplished. Some other things, too, is he invented how to, you know, um, uh, take over a hostile, hostile boats by um, <laughs> sawing through the window of a very heavily secured uh, <laughs> a sub. So anyway, that's Larry Atch. Yeah, he's a he's an incredible human. Uh, and yeah. anyways, I heard Larry speak a few maybe it's a year ago at an event, and he said that connection equals authenticity plus vulnerability plus trust. And we'll come back to that. We'll kind of break a few of those things apart. Uh, but I also want to reference before I get too far down um, the Zig Ziglar quote. Mm -hmm. You can have everything in life you want if you just help enough other people get what they want. Absolutely. Part of, I think, relationship building is recognizing that most people are asking, what's in it for me? Mm -hmm. And if we go back to the Joe Polish quote, what, he says, what's in it for them? Right. And part of being a connector, I think, is not just connecting people, but connecting people with opportunities, with resources, and connection comes down to authenticity. Are you authentically connecting? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm advocating for go reach out to as many people as you know. Go start engaging. Why? Because you increase the number of nodes in your network. And when you're meeting with somebody, you should be asking yourself, what's in it for them? And as, as they're telling you about the things that they're doing and that's going on, part of what makes you valuable is your ability to connect them with tools and resources and different things that can help them get there. And you have right. to lead from a position of authenticity. You can't be like going at it as what's in this for me. 
because mm-hmm. Zig Ziglar says if you just help enough other people get what they want in life, what does he say? Uh, you'll be able to get all the things that you want, like everything that you want in life. Yeah, and that's what my favorite want. quote, right? Like that's the one that's in my bio. When people are like, hey, can I get a bio? It's like that's – I always – Reference that quote, which is in line with creating 100 millionaires, right? We just help enough other people get what they want. Like, we can get anything we want. There's no question about whether we'll be okay. Um, so authentic, authenticity, what does authenticity mean? To me, it, it means that you're playing your game. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, 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 I would sum that up as playing your game. People can smell someone that's trying to sell you something. Mm-hmm. They they're in it for them, and uh, that 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 hits on authenticity, but also trust. Mm-hmm. You lose trust immediately when someone can smell that the only reason you're here networking is for you. Right. So we had um, so Jamil, right, the blue genie, Astro Flip. Um, you know, he's been a friend and mentor for many many years. And I remember one time we were just hanging out, talking business, and um, and he just, like, just randomly just says, you know, Steve, you know what I love most about you? Like, no, but I, I'm looking forward to hearing about this. Uh, and he says that you're the most authentic person I know. It's like, okay, what does that mean? It's like, you are you, and you don't give a damn <laughs> about what anyone else has to say about it. Like, you are who you are. It doesn't matter the situation. I can always trust that you are you and you're not adjusting in any way for me, right? And that might sound selfish, but it's like, I know exactly who you are. I know exactly where you stand. There are no questions about that. Yeah. That's really well said. I think it's just people that play their game and are really authentic, they can smell it on other people. Mm Mm-hmm. It's also really obvious when you're pretending to be something that you're not, yeah. right? You, you, you may not have a ton of value to add. I think of these chess beaters that come out and like, oh, I've done all these things and I can, you know, that's not what makes someone authentic. Yeah. I think it's just being comfortable in your own skin where you are at the moment, knowing that you may not add a ton of value at the beginning, but I'm going to go to work becoming more valuable. I'm going to go develop the skills. And I think kind of what you're saying is that if someone's inauthentic, what comes across is what's their agenda here? Yes. You're triggering sales resistance, as you might say. Right. And it's just just the human instinct. Again, we can sense when people want things from us. Right. And uh, it's just really easy to spot. You may not consciously notice it but subconsciously you're you're slowly pulling away from this relationship there's a feeling in your gut that says something's wrong you can't put your finger on it but your gut's probably right yeah so we've got to be authentic if we want to create connection we've got to first be authentic we've got a second be we willing to be vulnerable yeah um and how can someone uh what does that mean to you? I guess vulnerability in this sense. Uh, being open with all your challenges, being open with your mistakes, uh, open with how things are going, uh, open with um, your flaws. Um, 
I think it's just um, not you're not trying to posture, right? You're not blustering and covering up your flaws, right? You've got nothing to hide. And I think it kind of ties closely with authenticity. And look, this is something I've talked about on this show. 2022 was a tough year for me, right? Between a business divorce and Phoenix getting like a, a roundhouse kick to the face by the market, right? I shared that 2022 was a rough year for me. I was vulnerable about it. I was authentic about it. And what was the result? I lost coaching business from it. But I'm okay with that because I sleep better knowing that I'm completely honest with everything. So I think vulnerability to me is you're completely uh, open about your flaws, your challenges, your weaknesses, mistakes, and also owning up to it, right? Uh, what People will follow those, are more likely to follow a leader that will be vulnerable versus a leader who will never own up to their mistakes, right? I mean, I'm, and I'm right here, I'm going to be very just, very, very much generalizing here, right? It's the reason why no one trusts a single politician on the planet. <laughs> There's no vulnerability. They're all perfect. Sure. Yeah, and we can smell that from a mile away, and it's easy to spot with politicians. Sometimes it's not as easy when you're at a meetup. No. Um, so keep in mind that connection equals authenticity plus vulnerability plus trust, and I think trust is earned yeah. over time. Um, you can also do a lot of things to demonstrate your credibility, which can lead to trust, right? A track record. Are you someone who does what they say they're going to do? It's a big yeah. part of relationship capital. Massive part. They said they were going to do this. Did they do it? Yep. Yeah. So when you, when you're, so, so again, number two is be a connector mm -hmm. and connection equals authenticity plus vulnerability plus trust. We know that Zig Ziglar says, if you just help, you can have everything you want in life. If you just help enough other people get what they want. Right. And I want to reference one more point here, which is what I, in my, I don't think I've ever talked about this publicly, but um, in my notes, I call this the Matt Andrews style of connection. Mm -hmm. Okay. You, you and I know Matt and Matt is the leader of a community called family mastermind. He's one of the, one of the top, I would say two or three best connectors that I know. He's the Joe Polish of real estate. He's the Joe Polish of real estate. Yeah. And so Matt, if you're listening to this, I'm, I take notes out of your, your, what I call the Matt Andrews style of connection. Mm -hmm. So let's say you're at a meetup and of course you're typically probably leading with trying to understand them, their business, lead with them, be interested in other people. It makes you more interesting. Right. And when you connect people, Matt doesn't just send them their phone number. What he does is he puts all three of them in a text. So him and the two people that he's connecting. And he says, hey, Steve, you and Tom have got to speak. You have all of these things that you're doing, and you're just amazing at all this sort of stuff. And you have these hobbies and this interest and yada, yada, yada. And Tom... You are doing very similar things. You guys have so much in common. I really hope you can find 15 minutes to connect. Cheers. Yeah. That is the at Matt Andrews style of connection. And what you're doing is you're actually handing it off. Mm -hmm. You're facilitating 
the connection. You are like the mortar there between these two blocks. Right. And that is, I think, what a lot of people it's just a very simple thing. Maybe that sounds obvious, but Matt does that better than anyone that I know. Anytime somebody comes into my world, that's a new relationship. The first thing I'm trying to do is connect them with two or three people that they have commonalities with, that they're doing something similar with. And I make that text introduction mm -hmm. and say, I'll let you guys take it from here. Cheers. Yeah. Yeah. We actually had, um, I think the most recent time Matt Crawford was asking me about, um, about, uh, uh, reserves, right. Um, what's it called after a foreclosure, right? There's some extra money to be claimed. Anyway, I was like, you asked me for, it. I was like, oh, well, I'm not the guy, <laughs> but I do know the guy. Let me put yeah. you, let, let us do a three connection, three way connection, right? Connect to him, with uncle Carl, crazy uncle Carl in Carolina, and then yeah. let them hit it off. Yeah. And that will, that will, that's authentic. It grows trust. You're being vulnerable in a sense by saying, you know, I don't know necessarily, mm -hmm. but I know someone that really does. You're going to love this guy or right. this girl. You have got to talk to this person. Let me make this introduction. And w w you know, that's kind of an authority loop. Um, we talked about that on a previous show. We don't need to get into that too much, but you know, that's the second thing I think that people can do. It's low hanging fruit. These first two, one is just be more valuable, mm -hmm. develop more skills, listen, watch, observe, because you'll start to understand what becomes valuable to these people. And then you can lead with value. Yep. And typically that comes with reciprocity. Now they want to help you because you've led with value. And that's just human behavior. That's the first one. Second one is, and, and of course, on the first one, we talked about Jim Rohn. If you want to learn more about how to become more valuable, go listen to him. If you want to learn more about what's in it for them, that book that Joe Polish wrote, I highly suggest you go pick that one up. Second is be a connector. And we referenced the Larry Yatch uh, equation for connection, authenticity plus vulnerability plus trust. And the Zig Ziglar quote that everyone's famous, uh, familiar with. And of course, the famous Matt Andrews and his Matt Andrews style connection. Before you go it's to just, point three. Um, it's also in the Go-Giver book, right? So there's the five laws in the Go-Giver. I cannot remember which, which law this is or which number it is, but the law is basically, it's like the law of compensation or something along those lines, right? How much money you make is directly tied to how many people you help. Yeah. We all know that stuff. And it's just like, go make it a part of your daily practice to be engaged and go helping people try to get what they want without leading with an agenda. Now, third thing, and this is one of my favorite all-time ways to increase your relationship capital. It's called uh, build, Go Build a Champions List. And we talked about this on a previous show, how easy it is to overlook how, well, this is what a case in point for, for more, mm -hmm. right? A lot of times we think that we need to go out and build more and more and more relationships. And I'm not saying we shouldn't be building more relationships. But what I am saying is you've probably got 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 people in your life that are just absolute champions for you. If you called them up and asked them for a favor, they would do it for you mm -hmm. because they like you. Steve Trang's probably got a longer list than most, but we all have a champions list. Yeah. Absolutely. And 
And so let's talk about how to build a champions list because it, it might just sound as it's not as simple in my mind as just write down, writing down a list of names. It does start with that. I mean, it really is that simple. <laughs> it really is. The problem is that it's too simple and so obvious, right? Because, like, um, uh, what was it? The, the ultimate uh, ultimate sales. Uh, can't remember the name of the book exactly. Ultimate Sales Machine by Chet Holmes, right? He talks about this. Create your dream, dream 50 clients, right? Mm-hmm. Darren Hardy talks about this. Build your dream 50. I heard about it from Chet. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good idea. Hear from Darren Hardy? Hey, that guy's my idol, right? I look up to that guy. I listen to that guy every weekday morning with my kids. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Paul tells me about it. Hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to build a champions list. So it's really easy and simple, but because it's so simple, it's a really easy uh, step to skip. Yeah, here's the thing about smart people. And most of the people that are listening to this show are smart people. Yeah. It's like, I'm not telling, this isn't rocket science. We're not pointing things out that guys like Jim Rohn and Zig Ziglar haven't been saying for decades. Yeah. It's like when we point it out, it's not that you need to be taught this stuff. It's that we all need to be, just be reminded of it. Mm-hmm. And it's our behavior that needs to change. Yeah. Right. So this is really simple stuff. Uh, but it's not, it's not as um, it's not easy because it is so simple. It's easy to do it. It's also easy not to do it. Uh, so here's how you build your champions list. And if you're listening, uh, you can also go to realestatecertainty.com and book a little strategy session with me and I'll walk you through the spreadsheet. I've got the spreadsheet. I don't, I'm not going to just make it a, a free link, whatever, like sit down on a call with me. We'll go through it. I'll help you build your champions list out. But if you're listening or you're you know, watching this, I can tell you exactly how to build your spreadsheet and you can just do this on your own. So first column rank, we're going to rank these people mm-hmm. be, from our, like our top champion down to the bottom. Because again, what I think I'm the point of this is that if you need a relationship, if you need an introduction to somebody, you probably already have it within one degree of separation from these champions. They probably know somebody that if you just knew what you were asking for, you could call one of them up and it's say, Hey, could you make this introduction for me? They'd say, sure. So rank, we're going to rank them. Then we're going to have a list that says champion. And these are where you're going to put your names. And then next to that, I want you to write a column that says expertise because uh, we want to have a diverse group of champions. If everybody you know that's a champion for you is a wholesaler, well, you might want to add some mentors. You might want to add some lenders that are champions for you. You might want to have people in the health and fitness space that are champions for you or in the banking space, or insert whatever your, your thing is that, that you want, right? But we want a diverse group yeah. of so, people. So just real quick, off the top of my head, you know, I got relationship. I've said this before, Leon Barnes is the very top of my champions list. Some people might not like that. He's the very top, right? And I put it for him. What's his expertise? Relationships. I got people in there. Um, I just put residential real estate, right? Matt Potter, right? Residential real estate. Um, then I got people for, I put leadership, uh, money, 
right? And it could be lender. It could be someone that's connected to money, but it's just money. And I got general business, right? So what I've gone through is, so relationship was one of the big ones. Relationship, business, just general business, residential, money. Uh, and there was a couple other ones, but I've gone through it, right? And, and I, I was literally looking at it uh, two, two days ago. <laughs> so mm-hmm. those are the categories that we've got in there. That's great. And it'll just be different for everybody. Absolutely. Uh, the, the, the categories. And what I'm, I think what we're suggesting is just get a, this is part of the case framework. We got to collect the mm-hmm. information. Let's yeah. collect all the information. You might see that there's some gaps and you need some people that are relationship type people. You might need some people, maybe you're trying to get into the development world or the commercial world, and you have no one on this sheet that's a champion for you in that space. Mm-hmm. Well, there we go. We've got, an, we've got an opportunity to improve that there. So expertise. And again, like I said, I've got this whole template built out. If you want it, just go to realestatecertainty.com, book a little call with me. I'll go through it with you and hand this you know, little spreadsheet over. It's, it's pretty simple. Next to that, I put quality of relationship because you and I, so like you and Dr. Jeff are right at the top of my sheet. Why? Because um, the quality of our relationship is so high. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go through a couple of these other things, but um, you could rank this on a scale of one to 10. Dan showed me how to, how to use a different little ranking system. And I won't, I won't go into that because it's a big nerdy way to approach it. I appreciate it as a nerd. Yeah. If you want to know how nerdy it is, it uses the Fibonacci sequence, uh, which is only something that Dan could come up with. But yeah, it's just a it's, it's a better way of ranking this stuff. It's not one through 10, but one through 10 also works. So your quality of your relationship with this person, is it a 10? Maybe 10 being this is the highest quality relationship in my life, or is it a one? And it's probably going to fall somewhere in between there. Next column, quality of their contacts. Certain people have a deeper Rolodex than others. You could have someone who's got a lot of expertise in one area. The quality of that relationship is really high, but they don't really know anybody. You know, they're really good at what they do. They're not Matt Andrews or Leon Barnes or Steve Trang. You know, it's um, so we want to kind of take into account what is the quality of their relationships. And again, go ahead and score that Mm -hmm. one to 10. How important is that? What do you think? Based off today's conversation, probably the most important. You know, it's like if you're looking for someone on your champions list to make a connection for you, you want that your champions to to have a lot of high quality of contacts, right? That they can Mm -hmm. introduce you to. So we'll rank that. Next column, accessibility. Um, Just because they're a champion for you, they may not be super accessible. You might only see them or talk to them once a month. Like, I think of this as like, how easy is it to pick up the phone and call this person and they're going to pick up when mm-hmm. you call right away? Are they going to say, hey, let me, let me get time with you later this week or maybe next week or whatever. So we want to rank their accessibility. Yep. And then last is we'll just sum all that up into a net champion score so that we can sort of see these are the people that in the different you know areas of our life that we have champions and you use this when you're building your relationship capital because our tendency is towards more 
effort, more energy. We think that we need to go out and make these new relationships often. I, I, I default to that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's easier to just call Steve up and be like, hey, you know this guy. I can see that you're friends with him on Facebook or whatever. Yeah. I want to get to know this person. Would you mind just making a text introduction for me? Yeah, and you're like, yeah, no problem. I can do that easy for you. Right. And that's why you're on one of the top of my champions list. I think, um, and like what we just went through, right? It sounds super simple. And the truth matter is it's simple. But though, even though it's simple, it's not easy. We got to co- go collect, right? So again, heard it from Chet Holmes, did nothing with it. Heard it from Darren Hardy, did absolutely nothing with it. Paul shares on a whale club calls like, hey, that's a neat tool. <laughs> I should do something with this. And I should do something with this. Took about 45 to 60 days to get done. Right. And it wasn't that it took 45 to 60 days to put it together. It was 45 to 60 days to get the energy to sit down and start writing it. Right. And it actually became an accountability. So I have a monthly accountability call with my best friend. And it wasn't until I held, I said, all right, 30 days from today, this will be done. That's what it took for me to get that done. Cause I saw the value in it. And then after that, I made the list. Now I was like, oh, what am I going to call these people, right? I have a pretty busy schedule. Some of these guys on the East Coast, I can't call them when I'm driving home, right? So then how do I set time aside? Well, we leverage our lovely assistants. And now she's responsible for scheduling one call a day as well for everyone that's local. So I have to put a different column in there. Are they, are they local or not? So on Fridays, she can schedule lunches with them. Yeah. Well, and that works great. Uh, for the specific type of business that you have. And none of this is prescriptive, right? Mm. What works for Steve may not always work for everybody, but I think the general consensus here is that if you're, pro- if you're listening to this podcast and you listen to it all the way in, you're probably not hearing this for the very first time. No. <laughs> none of this is new. You've learned this stuff. You're smart. Uh, it- it's just a matter of like, we got to be reminded sometimes of the importance of getting away from the problem that we think that more deals is always the answer. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that more deals is always wrong. What I am saying is there's, there's easier, more profitable ways to scale your business. And if relationships aren't a big part of that, you should consider this because it's significantly less risk, significantly less effort. For me, it's significantly more fulfilling. Yeah. And again, we, we outline the risk of the risk of sending all this marketing money out is that you don't get deals. The risk of building relationships is you make a friend and they don't bring you a deal. Mm-hmm. Well, who cares? You right. know, you make enough of those people and those friends, then the deals start you know, coming in over time, it does take a lot of intentionality. I had to be very intentional. The intention, the right? It. So that's the, that's the currency. It's the attention, right? So the intention behind this is absolutely paramount, right? Like, I mean, we have a mutual friend, Eric Brewer, right? And like, he's been an incredible model for this. What's he doing? Every single morning, he's having breakfast with somebody. Mm-hmm. Deepening relationships. So yeah, I think just to your point, just to emphasize everybody else. The intention is so critical. I put the list together and I did nothing with it. Like how useful is that? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but last point I'll make is you can don't be afraid to buy your friends. Mm-hmm. If you have that currency of money, you have enough money and you want more relationships, well, you can just trade money and get more relationships. You yeah. can join the groups. You can pay to be part of these different things. And I'm, I'm here to say that's not, a, that's not a bad way to approach building relationships. You also have to do these other things. You have to be valuable. You have to mm-hmm. bring valuable things right. to the conversation. You want to be a connector. You want to lead with what's in it for them, not lead with what, what's in it for you. Help enough other people. You pay to get in the room and, and then still help all those people get what they want. Yeah. It's, it's the so, go-giver mentality. Funny you say that. So a couple of different things. First, we'll start with how bad I was at networking when I started, right? Uh, so I joined a Tempe Chamber of Commerce as a realtor. And so, okay, now that I meet you face-to-face, of course we're going to do business together, right? I paid to be in this room. Naturally, we're going to do business together. That's not how it works at all, right? I go in there, well, I'm a realtor. So if you know anyone that's thinking of buying or selling, you know, please think of me. How much value did I add to the other person? If it's not zero, it might be negative because they just took their time, right? A better question, because they're handing me their business card that says they sell insurance. Hey, Paul, um, I see that you sell insurance. What's the ideal avatar? Like, what's the perfect client for you? What kinds of people would you like me to send over to you? And then, instead of asking them to send me any future people to think about buying or selling, how about I schedule lunch with this person? (laughs) Get to know them deeper. I did zero of that in my realtor days. Because what was I doing? Not adding value. (laughs) I'm just going there to get business for me, right? Yeah. That's not effective. That's not what we're talking about. So on the flip side now, you're talking about how do we, you know, buy relationships. I'm a very strong believer in that, right? Uh, I bought my way into Collective Genius. They said, hey, you want to join us? Hell yes, right? Uh, we have Whale Club. You know, if you want to be able to do actual business with Paul, right? Not just learn, but actually do transactions with, do developments with Paul. Like that's kind of, that's how, how it works. Right. Um, so being a collective genius, I have Sonia, she's on my team. She's our voice of the client and a new responsibility for her is to call every member in collective genius once a quarter and ask, Hey, is there anything Steve can do for you? That's it. Tell me about your business. Is there anything Steve, Steve can do for you? And if there is, then it's up to her to schedule a call. Hmm. We're intentionally adding value. So we've bought our way into the room. We've bought the relationships. Now let's develop those relationships. Well, I'm going to challenge you on that. Instead of asking them, what can I do for you? Mm-hmm. Right? Like I, I would consider leading with some value, mm-hmm. right? You're reaching out to these people and saying, Instead of saying, what can I do for you? Mm-hmm. Say, like, I did this thing mm-hmm. that I thought you might find valuable. Maybe mm-hmm. that's like a like a cheat sheet on the top five objections mm-hmm. in, in a seller's living room. Or we've been working on this thing. We found it super valuable for our business. 
I wanted to reach out and make sure that you had it. Um, That in my mind is much more valuable than saying, well, how do I add, what can I do for you? That's a great point. Go, go do something for them and give it to them. And then they'll say, wow, you know, that's Steve. He really is valuable. Right. Yeah. That's great. Great point. And we all make these mistakes, right? It's like, it's easy to point that out. You're like, Oh, right. Right there. We're <laughs> yeah. doing it again. So we They're all do this. Stuff. Yeah. Um, I I'm trying to do that with private lenders. Hey, I made this thing that I thought you might be interested in. Mm-hmm. That's it. Or I met somebody last week. Would you be opposed if I made a quick introduction for you? And then you go Matt Andrews style introduction. You guys got to meet each other. You're both rock stars in what you do. And, you have so much in common. You, you got to find 15 minutes in the next couple of weeks to connect, you know, cheers. All right. So the problem is, I think we're all, we all understand that relationships, this business is about relationships, but we're not necessarily being intentional about growing our relationship capital, increasing your relationship capital. So if you want to do bigger deals and you want to find more profitable ways to add to your bottom line, consider not necessarily trying to do more deals in the direct-to-seller space. If you've been in this business for two, three, four, five, seven years, you have so much uh, relationship capital, it's probably just being untapped. And I'm not going to tell you the best way to do that. Some people will say go on social media or podcasts or go to tons of meetups. All that's preference. But there's three ways that I think you can immediately start adding relationship, increasing your relationship capital. The first is just be more valuable to people. Mm -hmm. Stop asking, what can I do for you? How can I help? Like, just go help. Go do something. It doesn't always need to be super valuable. It's the gesture that counts. Right. You know, it's like asking your wife, what do you want for your birthday? It's like, I want you to think about it and actually bring me something you think I might like. Damn it. You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's, what the, that's what they really want. So we make that mistake all the time. Don't make that mistake in, in your business. Go be valuable. How can I add the value to you thing, as a husband? Yeah. How can I add value to you as a husband? Yeah. How's that going to go over? Not well. She's like, get out of here. Get yeah. out of here. So be valuable. Mm-hmm. Number two, be a connector. And, and use what I call the Matt Andrews style of connection. When you're, when you're finding out more about this insurance person, they hand you your insurance card, make a connection with someone that you know is considering looking for insurance or is also in insurance. Or, again, the more connections you have, the better of a connector you will become. But intentionally make those connections, and people will love you for it. I promise yeah. that. And then the third thing is build your champions list. It could just forget about all the columns and different things I said. Just make a list of the people who are the biggest champions for you in your life. Yeah. That if you needed something, you could call them and they would go out of their way to help you. Slow down for just a second to write those names on a list. Because most of the time, what we need is one degree of separation away from one of those people on that list. We are just... Our brains constantly try to fight for more, and this is the least, uh, the least risky, 
and least amount of effort way to get connected with really anything that you want in business. Yeah. And just before you wrap up, there's just two things I want to just share from my history in doing this, experience in doing this. First, that list has come in quite handy, actually. There's a few times where I actually needed it. It's like, uh, crap, there's a situation here. So like kind of thinking about it, I was like, let me just pull up my champions list. It's like, oh, there it is. Right. So that list actually came in pretty handy a couple of a couple of times. Uh, which I would not have used if I didn't have it. Right? It would have taken a lot more brain power. Second, the list, the list does not have to be perfect. I am continually, oh, this person should be on the list. So it doesn't have to be perfect. You just have to get closer <laughs> to having it done. Yeah, keep updating it. So those are those two things I want to add before you before you wrapped up. Yeah, I mean, I, I love it. Um Three ways to increase your relationship capital. Be valuable. Be a connector and build your champions list. And again, if you want any help with that, you know, I run my business now entirely off of relationships. I do zero outbound marketing in any of the businesses that I have. So I converted entirely to relationship deals. It's helped me get into bigger deals because this, uh, this business is all about relationships. I'm not trying to compete with who's got a better mousetrap. Yeah. You and, can't um, compete with me because I'm, I am me, right? Yeah. <laughs> people will do business with people that they like, and not everyone's going to like me, but I just operate under that principle. And again, if you want to learn more about it, you can schedule a call with me. I'll share, I'll share a little bit more detail on it at realestatecertainty.com. I'm going to completely, completely violate you know, some of the things we talked about here in the past. <laughs> but Oh, boy. <laughs> I know we're not supposed to chase more, right? But just for context here. Right. Paul doesn't talk about this stuff publicly, but we get to talk about privately. Like we're talking like seven figure deals here. We're not talking like, hey, you know, multiple six figures like you're working on some giant projects. Right. So I just want to put that context out there. It's like, ah, you know, whatever. It's like when you do relationship deals, the upside is not a little bit higher. It is significantly higher. So. Um, or the upside is not capped. So, yeah. So I want to put that out there. Paul wouldn't do it. So, kind of exposing maybe a little bit, maybe violating some of the things about closer versus more, or like stop chasing more. But in case you guys need a little bit of inspiration as to why we think this is so important. Yeah. More deals is not better. That's what I'm going to just say. It's yeah. not. It's it's not better for everyone. It, it, that can be true in certain cases, but. Yeah. The key to this business is relationships and the people that do it, that make the most money and that are most fulfilled have the best relationships. So considering, consider these three ways to increase your relationship capital. Yep. Perfect. So we'll wrap up here. Thank you guys for watching and we'll see you guys next week.